Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. In this case, your conference, the Conference of Champions. I'm your host, Emily Van Buskirk, and it is Wednesday, and today I'm doing a special episode of the podcast because yesterday, Tuesday, I was able to go out to Stanford football practice, and as you know or may not know, it's big game week here in the Bay Area where Stanford and Cal clash on the collegiate gridiron and battle for the infamous axe, which is longstanding tradition. Um, it's an incredible thing to be a part of. It's This year's the 122nd big game. I've been a part of this rivalry my entire life as my dad went to Stanford, um, so I grew up around it, and it means a, a lot to both fan bases. Um, so I was able to connect with Stanford offensive coordinator Tavita Pritchard, who was a former quarterback at Cal and played in big games as well as coached in them. He's actually been a part of 15 big games as both a player and a coach. So I was able to talk to him about what this rivalry means and what this year's game is going to be like. And I caught up with Stanford running back Cam Scarlett after practice and was able to talk to him a little bit um, about the big game. And he has a unique situation. His older brother, Brennan, played at Cal and at Stanford. So on both sides of the rivalry. And his family kind of flip-flopped, which he talks about in our interview. So that's going to be what we talk about in we're going to have those interviews in the middle of the podcast. I'm going to start off talking about the USC UCLA rivalry rivalry game, which is also this weekend. We'll hear those interviews and then we'll um, finish up the podcast talking about some little tidbits um, from big game history. So as always, make sure you subscribe and download the podcast wherever you listen, Google, Spotify, you know, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe. Go ahead and rate and review the podcast. Let me know what you think, how I'm doing, and throw me some stars if you're feeling so inclined. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12 for all the Pac-12 conversation and information and statistics and quotes. And go ahead and follow your girl on Twitter at MLNEM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M, And talk college football to me any time of the day or night. I'm always down to chat about my favorite, favorite sport. Um, Now, I know that yesterday was the day that the college football rankings also came out for the week. Um, Not a whole lot of movement, but definitely a lot to discuss because in the next two weeks, there's going to be chaos. I mean, all hell is going to break loose, probably. So instead of doing the breakdown of those football playoff rankings in the Wednesday podcast, I actually was able to interview Jerry Palm um, from CBS Sports, who the Palm Reader, good friend of mine and amazing insight into all things analytical, whether it's rankings or bowl projections or whatever. He is just my go-to guy when I need to find a different perspective on stuff. So I talked to him today for Thursday's podcast. So we'll do a complete breakdown of the college football playoff rankings and what it means for the Pac-12 with Jerry Palm um, tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that big week um, this week with a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces as we wind down to the end of the college football season, which is crazy to me, like very crazy. Anyways, this weekend in Pac-12 football, we have two rivalry games on the docket. Um, First is UCLA-USC, which doesn't have—it's funny, it doesn't have an official, like, 
rivalry game name. You know, they call it the crosstown rivalry because the the schools are so close proximity wise. But um, it doesn't have a name like the Big Game or the Territorial Cup or the Apple Cup or the Civil War, like most of these um, uh, these Pac-12 games have. So it's interesting in that regard. But it's still, you know, a phenomenal rivalry. Um, and the Victory Bell is the trophy that's awarded to the winner of the US, UCLA-USC game, um, which I actually did not... Uh, no, I, I mean, I knew that there was, there's usually some sort of um, prize given to uh, the team that wins. And obviously in Stanford Cal, it's the Axe and in the other games, there's trophies and whatnot. But I didn't realize that they had a um, victory bell for this game. So that's kind of cool. Um, and I actually have the USC game notes pulled up. The fun fact about me is that I love um, game notes. So shout out to all the SIDs, uh, student information directors, the, the media people behind the football teams that take the time to put together these packets of information because I, some people might not read them, but I definitely do. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so UCLA is going to be heading to USC for this game. Um, USC is the winner of four of the last five games and now they're coming home after a pretty solid two-game road trip where they swept um, the team. So they're coming off of a, a high there. This is the 89th version of what's, quote-unquote, nation's most famous crosstown rivalry. So that's kind of a fun, um, fun title for it. At stake, so not only is this a rivalry game, there are Pac-12 South implications um, alive in this division race. Uh, so both teams will be fighting for that, for bragging rights, um, the victory bell, like we talked about, and actually Crosstown Cup points. So um, another fun thing is both teams will wear their home jerseys, which I think is kind of cool. UCLA has won just five of the last 20 meetings in the series with USC, but the Bruins won last year's game, um, and USC has won 60%, 66% of the time against unranked UCLA teams, and nearly as frequently versus Bruin teams coming off a loss. That's kind of a fun, um, a fun fact there. And something about this rivalry that I don't think people realize, um, there's been a lot of great moments. Like any rivalry, you can go and look at the top 10 moments. But, I mean, you've got 1967, O.J. Simpson breaking free for a 64-yard game-winning touchdown. I mean, that's... That's, you know, um, cinematic, really. It's iconic. Uh, 1975, UCLA clinches Rose Bowl berth when they beat UCLA. I mean, USC, um, which is awesome. 1982, USC fails the two-point conversion attempt, <laughs> which is always um, a fun way to end a game uh, for fans to watch. Let's see, in more recent years, um, 1993, Rob Johnson throws game-ending interception. A 94 Rose Bowl was on the line for both teams that year, and the game ended with that interception. Uh, let's look at one in the 2000s. 2001, USC's first win under Pete Carroll sparks the beginning of decade dominance. So the beginning of the Pete Carroll era for USC. 2006, UCLA takes USC out of title contention with a win in this rivalry game. And that's the great thing about rivalry games is there's a lot of that going on where it's just messing up people's seasons because you can um 
And that's something that's going to be on the line for Oregon and Oregon State this year in the Civil War. Oregon State obviously having a phenomenal year and could throw a big wrench into Oregon's uh, college football playoff plan. So I'll have to stay tuned in two weeks for that Civil War game. My favorite USC-UCLA moment, 2011, USC beats UCLA 50-0. to That's half a hundred points. Rick Neuheisel promptly fired after the game. Uh, and that was kind of a big changeover um, in L.A. culture and football. Because of the NCAA sanctions, though, UCLA couldn't go to the inaugural Pac-12 title game, making UCLA the Pac-12 South champions by default. And this is, remember, Lane Kiffin is the coach at USC during this time, and he had T-shirts that made that read Pac-12 South champions, um, adding more fuel to the fire. So love a good rivalry kiff don't kill my vibe ucla usc always going to be a fun one so that will um that will be a good game to catch this weekend and i believe it's a 12 30 kick uh, on abc so everyone should tune into that now we're going to hear about another rivalry in the bay area from somebody who has lived through it 15 times both as a coach and a player we're going to chat with Stanford Offensive Coordinator Tavita Pritchard about what the big game means. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You've been in. You've been part of how many big games now? This will be the from two thousand five on. So five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, oh thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. So nineteen. This will be the 15th. Big, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's a big deal, not just for the Stanford community and the Cal community, but kind of this, the whole Bay Area yeah. gets involved. Yeah. And people see the big game, the battle for the axe, and the football side of it, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on on campus for both schools sure. and all around the city. Like the other day there was a rally for Cal in San Francisco on a cable car. Sure. So like, why don't you tell me what your favorite part outside of the game was during big game week when you were a player? Um, when I was a player, uh, I think, you know, we, we, we talked about the rally. They, they do, yeah. We do a rally on campus <laughs> uh, late in the week. I think it's generally on Thursday, Thursday night. Right. Um, and we've done it some different places. Uh, but most recently, it's been like right under Hoover Tower. Oh, okay. Which is cool because I project like Cardinal Red up on the tower for yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. week, you know. And and uh, it's it's great because we do some of the traditional like the axe chant, mm-hmm. you know, and and things like that. And so you get into some of the the history and tradition of the rivalry. And um, a guy, I remember a guy comes and reads like some of the some of the history of like the stealing of the axe. Really? And why, why we play for the axe and. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you get some of the background, the backdrop to the game okay. and the rivalry. Um, I think one of the unique things about the game, uh, you know, just in having gone through it uh, almost I mean, many times, fifteenth <laughs> time now, because um, you mentioned like it's not just Cal, it's not just Stanford, it's the entire Bay right. Area. Um, I think it's I think one of the unique things about this game is like 
there is this bit of rivalry, but there's also so much connection. Right. You know, and there's there's so much, you know, they're they're both phenomenal institutions of higher learning. Right. And and so there's a lot of crossover. There are people who uh, you know, come from houses divided, you right. know, whose parents maybe went to different places or, or you have they, players like Brendan Scarlett who played on both hundred percent, hundred percent. Or, or you have people who did uh, undergrad somewhere in grad school, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at the other, or yeah. their, their faculty members. I mean, David Esker, you know, I mean, yeah. um, you know, guys who, guys who have possibly worked at both places. So there's just a lot of connection. Um, and I think that adds to the rivalry, yeah. quite frankly, you know, because you get you get both sides who know each other so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it's it's just like uh, most rivalries. It's kind of a sibling rivalry to where like the better you know someone, <laughs> the worse you want to beat them. But no team's going to call the other team the younger brother because that's like the. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, like a, that's a little bit of a state. Ultimate. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. But in terms of the week, I mean, I think both. Both schools just really do a good job of embracing mm-hmm. uh, kind of the, the that culture and dynamic behind the history of kind of the stealing of the axe. Yeah. Um, but then just, you know, getting together for, for uh, you know, a heck of a football game. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, and you've played in some as well as now you're coaching in some, so it's obviously different. What was your, which was your favorite one that you played in, if, if memory can serve you? Did oh, it serves me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it serves okay. me. Uh, 2007. 2007, okay. we beat them. Uh, we beat them here. Okay. It was the 110th big game, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because okay. I can picture, like, the emblem on the field. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that, so that was the same year we upset SC. Um, that was a huge year for you guys. Yeah, what a lot of people asked, like, you know, was that the most memorable? And the funny thing is, like, that game was, was almost more memorable because it was here. It right, was home. right. The students rushed the field. We hadn't beat them in, I, I want to say, eight tries. Yeah, it's been a minute because they had a good I think it was the first time Tedford lost to Stanford. Yeah. Um, and so it was just, just a ton surrounding it. Yeah. And TC and actually split time that game. That's and right. So, and so we were kind of going back and forth because I, I was coming off an injury. Um. And it was just a, it was just one one of those like really really great team wins, mm-hmm. uh, you know against a, a good a good Cal yeah. team. I mean there were some you know it was it was they they had some really good players, yeah. um, and so to, to go out there and beat them at home in 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 this rivalry and and again it was the first time we had beat Cal since I've been here. Right. So that's my most most memorable. That was game. that's a good one. I I hadn't thought of that, and I feel like I should have gone back and looked at all these games you've played in because you've had some. We've had some good yeah, ones. Yeah, there's been yeah. some good ones. Yeah, but, for sure. um, well, now that you're coaching, um, what is the biggest difference in the way you prepare for this game? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you're not going to be on the field with them, but like you have to look at it from a different standpoint and remember sure. the emotion when you were there and how sure. to temper that, you know, and harness it. Yeah, I think one of the things is just getting the guys ready for that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and coaches already talked to the guys about it this week is, you know, and this, this, this talks a little bit to the nature of the two institutions and, and again, kind of how we recruit. Right. Uh, we are, I would say, us for sure, and I don't necessarily want to speak for Cal, but we are way less regional than some teams yeah. across the country. You know, meaning we don't, all of our guys aren't from California right. or even Northern California. And, and with that, I think it's different than some places in the country where, you know, in Washington, you get a whole bunch of guys from Washington, Washington right. State, right? And they kind of grow up around this rivalry. We don't have a lot of guys that, grew up around this right. rivalry and that is an interesting dynamic and I think what that brings is you we kind of have to educate the guys mm-hmm. and so being on the coaching side of it now having played in the game I just try to give the guys insight hey this is going to be a more emotional game than you expect right. because it means so much to so many people you walk into that stadium and that energy is palpable yeah and and I think to prepare the guys for that 
only go so far. Right. I think they have to experience it. And for the guys who have been there, you know, I encourage some of the older guys to, to talk to their teammates. Say, right, hey, and learn know, about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it is important to know what you're getting yourself into just so that emotion doesn't become too big and, and not allow you to play the game like you want to play it. That's true. And, I, you know, I just was talking about how I was at Marshall, which – it was a huge weekend for them, and, and Coach Holiday was talking about how emotion can be a double-edged sword. You know, sure. it can be great to get the team up, but it can also – you can get a little – got to settle in, you know. Absolutely. So, And I could see that happening in this game. Um, last question. This is more of a football question. Yeah. Coach Wilcox brought, you know, a lot of defense to Cal when yeah. he came there. And they have a phenomenal, um, you know, group of DBs, group of safeties, and, and linebackers. How, as an offensive-minded guy on the Stanford team, are you guys approaching um, this defense-oriented Cal team this year? We know this is this is a heck of a challenge for us. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, it's, it's they are they like you said. I mean, they've they've done a phenomenal job of building that defense mm-hmm. how they've wanted and and the the. The funny thing is we've had a lot of history against Coach Wilcox, yeah. you know, at, at his different stops as a coordinator in our conference. And so we know him well. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is this defense isn't necessarily uh, 100% his. Right. You know, I mean, because you see you see the infusion of Coach DeRuiter and, and some of the – Gerald Alexander, who's a yeah. big DB. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so not not only personnel but scheme, they present mm-hmm. some, some some issues, you yeah. know. And they and I think I think the thing that jumps off the film is how hard they play. You know, yeah. they, play, they play hard. And they 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 uh, they swarm to the ball, and and so it's it's a great challenge for us. I mean, I think going into this thing, in addition to the most the emotion that we've already talked about, and we got to play a technically sound game. Yeah. And so, you know, when you talk about kind of the nuts and bolts of the football game, and then the the emotion on the other side, yeah. it's going to be we're going to have to have a great balance of using that emotion and and kind of as you mentioned, like getting up to that line. Yeah but never having it cross over to the point where we can't execute at a high level. Right. And so we know it's a big challenge and a big opportunity in front of us to, to, to play a defense of this caliber. Um, and, and Coach used the phrase last week with our, with our team, and, you know, I, I apply it to our offense, but we're chasing our best football right now. Okay. You know, and, and so we're, we're working week in and week out to, to, to play a, a mo- uh, our most complete game. <laughs> yeah. And so here it's we are. Ahead it's, it's ahead of you. It's ahead of you. It's ahead of us. Who is the one player that's going to keep, keep the team even keel? If you had to name somebody that's like a good, you know, presence on the team. Yeah. Used um, to be, you know, Ronnie Harris is one of those guys. Sure. You guys have had multiple players like sure. that in the past. Who would it be? You know, I say Drew Dahlman. Okay. Drew Dahlman's done a, done a phenomenal job of, and I'm obviously speaking from the offensive side, right. but just just in really taking on the mantle of leadership this year. Uh, I mean, he's he's done a phenomenal job, right. and so he's a guy. I think that 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 our guys will look to 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 kind of be that that steady influence. That was Stanford Offensive Coordinator Tavita Pritchard talking about this year's big game. Now let's hear from one of the senior players after Stanford's practice on Tuesday, Cam, running back Cam Scarlett, talk about what this rivalry means to him. You have this special connection because mm-hmm. right, your so. brother played on both sides. Yep. So what is your favorite part kind of about this rivalry? Having seen both sides mm-hmm. and been kind of cheering. I don't. Did you ever cheer for Kyle when he was there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cheer hard. Um, yeah, I mean <laughs> – it's definitely been a change. I mean, my family was once diehard Cal fans right. and, or, and used to cheer for Cal to get the axe. But um, one thing about it is my brother never actually got to play in the game. That's true. Until he came here, and then he won He won when he was here. So um, it's definitely been a, a change, a change in emotion and, and love towards from one program to another. Um, now, now we're kind of anti-Cal, so it, it, it's, it's... You don't say. <laughs> it's been a shift, but uh, we're, we're on the good side now. So... This game is, Shaw called it like a very like nice rivalry. Like mm-hmm. you guys are very courteous and mm-hmm. 
whatever. But do you know anyone on this Cal team, like personally? Do you have any like friends or guys mm-hmm. you played against in high school? So there's no no no, no real connection. Really. But you've seen this defense, and yeah. they're very stout. I mean, mm-hmm. Evan Weaver's leads yeah. the nation in tackles, and yeah. the secondary calls themselves the Takers. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, their defense is is very very impressive. Um, I've been blown away from the film that I've watched so far. They're really out there searching for the ball from mm-hmm. defensive linemen to DBs to linebackers. Um, and they've been holding people to to few points all season. So right. it's definitely going to be a challenge this week and one that we're up to, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Talking about erectile dysfunction definitely isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it, or even let's just Netflix and chill. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free visit to get started. Well, if those two gentlemen from Stanford football didn't get you excited for this big game, I don't really know what will. I definitely can't do a better job. Tavita Pritchard, one of my favorite people to chat with, he's so you know insightful and well-spoken, and he's just steeped in this program. So he really has a unique perspective from both a player and a coach's vantage point. And love talking to Cam Scarlett. He's always fired up about you know um, the games and... Um, and he's he's a fun player to watch, so definitely look for him to go off in this year's big game, the 122nd big game. Cal heading to Stanford. It's going to be a 1 o'clock kick, which is nice, on Pac-12 Networks. Um, I love when rivalry games like that are day games. Of course, there's something special about Pac-12 night games, uh, college football night games in general, but I really love when rivalry games are an all-day event. You can get there and tailgate, the game is in the middle of the day, and then you have, you know, time afterwards to see whatever friends are in town um, and whatnot. So Cal heading into this game needing a win to earn bowl eligibility. Stanford also needing to win these next two games to do the same. So you know, postseason on the line. Um, Stanford obviously leads the all-time series 64, 46, and 11. Stanford has won nine straight in the series after Cal had won seven of the previous eight um, when these two teams meet. This will be the 122nd plane of the big game, the oldest rivalry in the West. Little fun fact about the origin of the big game. It began in 1892, the second oldest rivalry um, in the West is the Civil War between Oregon and Oregon State, which actually began in ni- 1894, two years late, two years after the first um, big game had occurred. 
There's been so many great big game moments that it's really hard to sit here and, and pick some out. But I know that I have personally, and I'm looking at it right now, a poster of Cal Beats the Band on my wall. Um, the iconic moment where Cal, you know, is cu- catching the the touchdown pass um, in the midst of all the band members. So there's just been so many. And if you think of in the recent years, all the players that have played in this game, Andrew Luck, Shane Vereen, you know, um, Christian McCaffrey, just just a ton of guys that have participated in this tradition. Uh, and I bet one of the biggest things that people ask about when it comes to the big game rivalry is um, why it's, you know, the battle for the axe. The Sanford Axe was originally a standard 12-inch lumberman's axe, and it made its first appearance on April 13th, 1899, during a Stanford rally when yell leaders used it to decapitate a straw man dressed in blue and gold ribbons while chanting the axe yell, which was based on the frogs by Aristophanes. And basically it went, give him the axe, the axe, the axe, give him the axe... The axe, the axe, and it just keeps saying that right in the neck, the neck, the neck, right in the neck. The... So, you know, you, you get the gist of it. Give him the axe. That's that's become the yell over the years. Um, the axe made its second appearance two days later on April 15th, 1899 at a Cal Stanford baseball game played at 16th Street in Folsom in San Francisco. I guess the yell leaders then paraded the axe and used it to chop up uh, blue and gold ribbons after every good play by the Stanford team. So just some kind of early, you know, uh, trolling going on there. Uh, love it. Um, and they were still shouting the axe yell. However, Stanford lost the game and the series, and the yell leaders debated if the axe was a jinx and whether to dispose of it, which is interesting because we all know how we feel about jinxes on the podcast. And then, you know, it goes back and forth. It's stolen. Something People are trying to hide it, blah, blah, blah. And then... Um, after it was stolen or attempted to be stolen, um, it's basically gone back and forth. Um, but they they eventually become they come to an agreement in 1933. Both sides agreed to designate the axe as the annual trophy to be awarded to the big games winner. So in 1933 is when it became you know the actual trophy, and in the event of the tie, it would be kept by the side already possessing the axe. Uh, however, the agreement did not stop students from both schools from stealing or attempting to steal the axe. Since 1993, Cal students have stolen the axe three times and Stanford students four times. The most recent incident occurred in 1973, um, which is and then apparently there was a fake axe. There's been you know all kinds of mischief and misdirection in this um, in this. Rivalry, which is that's what makes this one so fun. And and Coach Shaw, when I talked to him on Tuesday at the press conference, said one of the things that makes this rivalry unique is that it's a respectful rivalry. You know, both schools, he said that the rivalry is done the right way. And both Cal and Stanford, while there's all these hijinks and, you know, um, trolling going on, is that there is there is a respect by both sides um, because both schools are you know, unique institutions of higher learning, and um, they value similar things. Uh, So it was interesting to hear him talk about it um, like that. And he he also had some words when I asked him, you know, I had to ask him about Evan Weaver, because obviously this year Cal has a very good defense and a good chance 
at possibly reclaiming the axe from a, a severely hobbled Stanford squad. And part of that reason is um, inside linebacker Evan Weaver. He leads the nation in total tackles, 151. Solo tackles, 83. Total tackles per game, 15.1. And solo tackles per game, 8.3. He's forced three fumbles this season and is tied for 10th in the NCAA and first in the Pac-12. So I had to ask David Shaw, what are you going to do about this Cal defense and particularly Evan Weaver? And his response was classic. And you can go check it out on my Twitter. But basically he said, we just hope Evan Weaver misses the bus. <laughs> he said it with a smile and a laugh, but it was probably the funniest thing I've heard Coach Shaw say ever. I very much enjoyed it. He said, we hope the coaches get mad at him and bench him. Um, but then, you know, in all seriousness, he's, seriousness, he said, Evan Weaver has to be accounted for. So Stanford figuring out a way to match up against this formidable Cal defense is going to be the key um, to this this year's big game. And I, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. It's definitely two of these programs are not th- what they usually are. So it's going to be a more competitive big game than usual, which I think makes it more exciting for the fans. So obviously it's at Stanford, but you're going to see a lot of Cal Berkeley, Cal Bears fans there um, because they smell blood in the water. And this could be the year, you know, they they take back the act. So I'm going to be there covering it. So make sure you follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12. Follow me on Twitter at MLNEM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M, for all the big game information and content. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, download the episodes, rate and review, throw me some stars, and as always, stay tuned, stay sassy, and stay locked on Pac-12. Pac-12.